0: Welcome to the Mind Music Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Clink, and today I'm here with my high school band teacher, Chris Dursa. How's it going? CJ Dursa. CJ Dursa. <laughs> my brother's name's Chris. Yeah. Um, yeah, good. How are you? Uh, it's early. I'm, I'm, yeah, a little early. Yeah, 100%. But today, guys, I want to ask them some questions and see, pretty much see what your feedback is to all this, and yeah. that's pretty much it. So we'll start with the first thing. What exactly got you into Music. Um. So
1: well, my my grandfather uh used to play. Um, he played guitar and he sang. He did like some country stuff. And uh, he passed away when I was pretty young. So he left. Uh, he left me his Telecaster. Um, uh, so I always had a guitar, and I never really played it very much. Um, and I wasn't wasn't super into it. Uh, but I knew it was something that he did. So I started taking piano lessons. I think I was in middle school, something like that. Um, I started taking some piano lessons um, on the side and I had some friends who were in band. Uh, and so I think I approached the one of the band uh, directors at the middle school and said, hey, you know, I know how to play a little bit of piano. Is there anything I can do? Uh, and they threw me into the percussion section because uh, I think they needed some drummers who knew how to read music because most of the drummers uh, that were in band at that time didn't know how to read. Uh, and so I, I jumped in, jumped into band um, and at that point, it was just like kind of a fun thing. Like I just did it to meet friends, you know, just to, just to hang out. So I wasn't super serious about music at all. Um, and then getting up through high school, I just continued to play drums. I continued to play piano. And that was, that was primarily what I did. Uh, and then I had a group of friends that was like really highly motivated, you know, when it came to music. And a couple of them said, you know, I think I'm going to major in music. And I was like, you can do that? <laughs> you can go to college for music? That seems weird. Uh, and so I was. I started to look into it and realize, like, man, that'd be something I would like. But the real turning point for me was when I took, uh, I signed up for our high school music theory class, and it was only because I needed an extra elective, and they told me it was that or ceramics, and I wasn't into the idea. And I even thought about it. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll try ceramics. I was like, nah, I already know stuff about music. I don't know what music theory is, but I'll take it. And the class was just, I was really, really good at it. Yeah, I, I, I uh. I loved, like, learning, hearing stuff by ear. Um, I loved learning how music works and why it worked. And I was just really naturally very good at that class. And it made me realize, like, man, I probably could go to college for music if I wanted to. Um, And so that got me super motivated uh, towards it. So I decided, though, that I didn't want to major in percussion. And so I needed to change my instrument. So I started learning the French horn. (laughs) And And that's what I wound up majoring in. And then while I was in college... Uh, we had to take a guitar class, um, just a very short, it was like only six weeks, just learn the basics of guitar so you could teach, you know, guitar at a high school or whatever. Um, and I had my grandpa's guitar, you know, so I got that out and the more I started playing, the more I was like, man, I really like this instrument a lot. Why have I not played this more? Um, and so now guitar is probably the primary instrument that I, I play that more frequently than I play anything else, um... And so I guess it just kind of grew from there, and, it's, and I'm yeah. still on the path. I man. I'm still, like, trying to learn more every day, and so I'm trying well, yeah. to get better.
0: It's, yeah. it's always, yeah, it's always a uh, kind of instrument that there's always something to progress further. Yeah, relatively. it's a journey. So we know you're in, like, a church band, mm-hmm. and you do a bunch of stuff you on YouTube, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. My first question is, is you play a Telecaster in one of yours. Is that Sunburst Telecaster your grandfather's?
1: No, that one is not. Um, the one that is my grandpa's. I I hardly play. I practice on it a lot at home, but I try to keep that one like, at home only. I try not to take it on gigs. I used to play that one a lot. So that was my. I so said that was my first guitar. The his is a, a thin line, um, so it's a semi hollow uh, Telecaster with humbuckers. And so I played played that one for a while, and then it just started getting, like, it has a couple nicks in it. You know, like when you're playing shows and you're taking stuff out and, and, and playing at a church. So I was like, I need to get another Telecaster, because I love the Telecaster. Mm-hmm. i got to buy one that I can use that will not get in the way of this one. So the Sunburst I got uh, at Follies probably four years ago, maybe. four maybe maybe a little over four years ago. Um, and I love it. I love the way it sounds. It sounds different from my other Telecaster because, like I said, that one had humbucker has humbuckers in it, and my Sunburst is uh, all single coil. So it's a little bit different. Uh, and so I primarily use that one. That's, that's my main. If I'm playing electric, that's pretty much what I use. Um, I have this Gretsch here, this Electromatic project. Which is a nice guitar, but I need to put some new pickups in it before I'm like ready to, yeah. you know, take that before one on the road. Yeah. But most of the stuff I play now is I'm playing on my acoustic more than anything, um, and so I just got last year a, tele, uh, um, a Taylor eight fourteen CE, so that thing's a, oh yeah, it's a beast. It's they're, beautiful. They're really nice. yeah. <laughs> it sounds great. Yeah, really nice. uh, so I use that a lot when I do you know like acu- most of my shows that I do are acoustic. Stuff you know, just at restaurants or mm-hmm. uh, places like that. So I I do a lot of acoustic, but acoustic gigs and stuff. yeah yeah they're they're nicer. They're a little easier than trying to drag out a an amp. And my pedal board's pretty big when How I play big? my acoustic <laughs> or play my electric. I do a lot of that.
0: But what kind of pedals do you run your pedal board whenever if you do use it?
1: Yeah, so um, for my electric, uh, let's see if I can remember my signal chain. I might my signal chain. I might forget something. Um, I go into an Ernie Ball V P. Uh, Junior, I think it's a VP Jr. for my volume pedal. I use a uh, polytune as my tuner because uh, I like that it can tune all six strings at once. So you can just strum all six and it shows it. Uh, so I run the tuner out to there. And then um, I have an Exotic Effects SP compressor. And I really just bought it because it was small. And I wanted something that had a pretty small footprint because, like I said, my pedal board is so congested. When you do worship stuff like church pedal boards, you just need so many pedals because they Course. all are running yeah. chorus pedals, chorus, tons of delays, reverbs. Um, so it's like, well, so I, I wanted I wanted something small. So I went with the SP compressor, um, but it really does sound great. Um, out of there, I go into my drive pedals, and I kind of rotate those. It depends on what, my, what gig I'm doing and what I need but always I have a Double Barrel by JHS FX which JHS just makes really really, really good, good stuff, stuff. Yeah. Um, I've never played on a JHS pedal that I didn't love and so this one the Double Barrel is two pedals in one it's their Morning Glory which is probably their most popular mm. uh, clean overdrive and then their version of an 808 Tube Screamer so you can run them both and you can change the direction You know which one flows uh, which direction the signal flows really great pedal so I have that one on all the time um, on my pedal board and then I kind of alternate if I want lower gain I have a full tone fat boost That's pretty cool Um, and it's really low gain it's tons of bass I have to usually roll the bass off and crank the treble just to make it sound Mm -hmm. good but it it sounds really warm if I want higher gain I'll have a I have a Keeley Luna which is like a it's more of a distortion pedal than an overdrive um, sometimes I'll have all three. It just depends on how many yeah. different things. But I also can use the second channel. The second channel my amp sounds really good. I, I have an Ignator uh, Renegade 65 watts. So I'll use the second channel for that if I need it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, then I go into uh, my modulation effects. I just got last year a Strymon Mobius. And Strymon makes some really comprehensive pedals. Their stuff is big. So they all run in like the... Four to $500 price range um, for their Big Sky is their reverb Timeline is their delay and Mobius is their chorus but they have you know 200 presets on them and I mean they just are crazy if you're into like the worship stuff and you follow like any of these like guys from Jesus Culture or Elevation Worship any of that kind of stuff they all are running like the Strymon Timeline on yeah. their pedal board so I have the Mobius and the Timeline the Mobius is all my chorus effects Chorus, flanger, anything modulation-based. Then I run into my timeline, which is all my delays. Um, and then out of there, I run into the Electro Harmonix Holy Grail Nano, which is the smaller version of their Holy Grail reverb. Um, and it's just a nice reverb, and I have reverb on my amp as well. So I usually use the Holy Grail for like the extra, really thick mm-hmm. kind of texture reverb. Um, and then I have a Carl Martin Octus switch, that, which I, I don't need it as much anymore. I still do to an extent, but it was really helpful when I was doing Worship because you're doing so many pedal changes, and when you're trying to sing and play electric, you don't want to have to look down and like turn off an overdrive and turn on a delay and a reverb. Trying to press all three of those at once like doesn't work. So I have a switcher that I plug every pedal into, and it has its own patch, and I can create presets. So I can press one button... And it essentially shuts off one all the pedals from the previous setting and turns on all the pedals from the new setting. So that's really helpful when you're trying to sing mm-hmm. and play, don't have to like look down, you know, yeah. figure out all of that. Um, so that's my signal chain for my electric. I have a separate pedal board for my acoustic. Now finally, I just got that because before I was having to take I was using the same pedal board, so I had to take it all apart, you know, put the pedals I need for my acoustic. So my acoustic, I run into a Boss um, OC-2. It might be the OC-3. It's Boss's octave pedal. And so I just simply run that so when I play a chord, it it takes the lowest note and doubles it down the octave so it sounds like there's a bass player with me. Oh, okay. And it's tough to set up because you have to set the threshold so it doesn't, like... It has to find the pitch exactly. It's a little tough to use, and I keep it kind of low in the mix, but it adds a lot of bass, and I have some nice subwoofers when I play. So it sound, we get a lot of low end out of my acoustic. So I run into that. Then I have a, uh, I have a delay pedal, the carb, MXR Carbon Copy that I have on that. Yeah, right
0: I now. have one of those. Those, yeah,
1: are, those are great. It's models. really great, and it's really warm sounding, mm-hmm. so it actually sounds really good on acoustic as well. So I just run a little bit of delay when I need it, you know, if I'm finger-picking and I want it to, you know, come out uh, a little bit more. Uh, and then I run into a Boss Looper. I have the, um, I think it's the RC250. It's not their biggest one, but it's like the second second biggest mm. one that they have uh, there. So I run into a Looper if I'm doing some, you know, solo acoustic stuff and I want to loop. And then I run into uh, the Fishman or a Spectrum. DI, which is a really nice acoustic DI, has all kinds of.
0: Fishman always makes their. Yeah, they yeah. always had it.
1: Yeah, they're great for acoustic stuff. Um, and so that's what I use. And so I have a smaller pedal board for that. And so it's nice not having to tear stuff apart now. And put. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was doing worship, I tried to have like a hybrid board that let me do both. And I was just constantly having to like pull things off. I couldn't ever have everything I wanted. So running two separate boards is. Just been better. It's mm-hmm. just a lot of gear, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. So when I do like big gigs where I'm playing acoustic and electric, it's both on the same gig. You can
0: just kind of unplug. Yeah, plug it and yeah it's but it's just so keyboard. much to
1: carry between that yeah. and the amp and microphones and uh, you know all of that stuff. Um, so that's that's basically my rig. Like I said, I run my electric into the Renegade. It's a one twelve. Um, I think eventually I want to get a two twelve extension cab. Um, for that, but there's just always something new to buy. <laughs> you know, always, like yeah. I, it is. You never stops.
0: It's, it's an addiction. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. So, back at the beginning of where you picked up the guitar first, what kind of, like, what was, like, your first kind of licks that you were playing? Like, what kind of stuff were you picking it up, or what kind of... So, at first, I
1: really did just try to learn, like, licks and riffs, so I was learning, like, Zeppelin stuff, um, and you know like the standard stairway to heaven yeah you know, you know all of those things um, and I tried learning some of those and it was helpful just to get my fingers kind of you know doing things um, but the biggest thing I, I started playing guitar and then very quickly after that I played I played drums in my worship band at the time at, at the church my dad's a pastor um, and then the whole worship team like quit and left the church and oh, so wow. yeah and so my dad was like we need a worship leader you're the only member on the worship team we can't just have drums yeah he's like you, you're learning guitar will you play guitar and sing so then right away i got thrown into like having to learn chords and so that was the biggest thing for the longest time that was really all i i did was i just knew all of my open chords and so it was just like if i can play all of these and so i was just searching for stuff it, it was all acoustic pretty much that i played I was trying to just find open voicings and things that I could play and strum while singing. And that was how I got into singing as well. Like, I really wasn't much of a singer prior to that. But I sort of had to, had to be uh, for that. So then it was a while before I actually really started getting into electric, like, real playing. In my last year of college, I took a a jazz improvisation class. And so then it was all about, uh, and I did that, played on my electric and that was when I started really learning how to kind of solo and... and, and scales. Yeah, and, and that was the big thing was just, like, learning. I learned, like, the one major scale shape in, like, one octave. <laughs> that was, like, all I knew. And so I would just play, you know, that up and down and up and down and up and down and try to get better and faster at it. I would sit there in, like, my other classes and just move my, just move my fingers, mm-hmm. you know, on my forearm. And I would just practice those scale shapes so that when I got home, it's like, okay, I know I can play this stuff. Um, And then just gradually started kind of going from there. But I've never been a person who knows, like, a lot of songs. Students always ask, like, hey, Durso, can you play the solo to this or the solo to that? The only songs I learn are the ones that I need to learn if I'm playing them, Mm -hmm. like, for a gig. So for me, it's always been about learning concepts. I think because I'd seen so many guitar players who could sit and play – all these ACDC songs and it's like that's great but if I have you in a band and we're not playing an ACDC song
0: could you do
1: it what are you gonna do yeah or what if we're doing originals and I've seen so many guitar players struggle to write good parts or to play with another guitar player it's like okay we're doing this ACDC song and I'm playing this guitar part what are you gonna do exactly yeah well I know that the, the chord goes like this this is the yeah. chord that you play well do you know any other inversions of that chord can you play an A chord in other places on the neck and I think that's the big uh, was the big thing for me was just trying to learn concepts can I play all these scales can I play my triads anywhere on the neck can I access this chord can I come up with good parts (laughs) you know do I know when it's time to really like dig in and play a lot of stuff but do I know when it's time to just literally sit there and go
0: yeah yeah. I saw That's what I always think is like, a guitar player, yes, it's cool. You see those people in male bands playing super fast. Yes, they're skilled, super skilled. But yeah. it, another whole skill about it is learning when you should do that stuff and how to control the song and put it in there, right?
1: Yeah, it's got to be musical. And so for me, like all the best music is singable that's, oh, that's the it. most important thing even great guitar parts when you listen when you think about the greatest guitar solos you've ever heard you can hum those solos mm-hmm. like we all love the solo to Sweet Child of Mine because we can all hear yeah. Like yeah. We, we know how that one starts right and all of your favorite guitar solos you can sing nobody's gonna walk away from a show they singing like that stuff isn't there's no melody to it and so yeah it's, it, as you said it's a big skill to be able to sit and play very fast and I do play fast sometimes, but I try to only like do it sometimes. Eric Clapton, I, I love one of his quotes. He uh, he was watching somebody play, and they started off a solo, I think, and I may be misquoting the situation, uh, but I'm, the story goes I think that he was watching somebody play, and they did all kinds of like crazy stuff, yeah. and uh, right at the beginning of the solo, and he was like, "That was really nice. What are you gonna do for the re- for the other two hours?" <laughs> and it, you know, so Eric Clapton was a big one of like don't give it all away you know build up to it and if you're going to play something really impressive yeah do that but if you just do that the whole show and you're just constantly shredding up and down it stops sounding impressive to the audience so it's like play melodic stuff play musical stuff and then every now and again throw in that really tricky lick that the guitar players in the crowd are going to be like whoa wait what the heck was that how did he do that? and then he's back to just vibing on some blues and you're yeah. like okay and Clapton was the king of doing that kind of stuff and so he's been a big influence in uh, on me as a guitar player so Clapton's like do you think he would be your number one I don't know if he'd be my number one um, it's tough because there's so many different genres there's a
0: lot of good guitar players out there right now.
1: yeah um, yeah and especially right now there are some yeah there's there some great guitar players right now uh, who are playing and doing some really really great stuff. Um, like Tosin Abasi and and, uh, and you got all those like social media you can get on Instagram and just oh, find yeah. some amazing Fine. guitar players. Yeah. Um, but Clapton would be one of my favorite guitar players of all time. I was a huge fan of Van Halen growing up, and I got to see Van Halen uh, in two thousand seven. They did their reunion tour, uh, so I got to see them. It was Mellon Arena, I think, still at the time. Uh, now it's PPG Paints, uh, but I got to see them there, and we had floor seats. And it was just, it was wicked. Hmm. Uh, and so I was, I've always been, you know, a big fan of Eddie Van Halen's playing. And, you know, he was just so virtuosic. He, he took, you know, we, we wouldn't have all the shredders if it no, wasn't. No, yeah, it wasn't for he him. definitely
0: set that. Um, yeah, and
1: then I loved a lot of old, but my dad was a big fan of B.B. Uh, King and Muddy Waters. We listened to old blues records all the time growing up. So that is kind of, and my dad loves Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, I remember we went to Boston on a vacation we literally listened, we drove and we listened to Stevie Ray Vaughan the entire 13 hours so I kind of hated Stevie Ray Vaughan for like a year after that because it was like way too much to just listen to that CD on repeat but I always heard that stuff growing up so those would be really, really, really big ones for me and then I love some of the guys like I think Prince was an underrated guitar player like Prince could jam that dude couldn't play um, and be, but because he was a singer, I think people kind of knew him more for that. Yeah. his guitar parts were just, just really, really, really great. And then obviously, I'm a big fan of a lot of jazz stuff. So like my favorite guitar player right now is probably Mark Lettieri uh, from Snarky Puppy. Um, and so he's a jazz guy. He does a lot of neo soul kind of stuff. So if you haven't haven't heard any of his stuff, it's really, really good and really interesting. And it's more in the style of what I play so he's a big influence
0: for me I am with you about the metal like whenever it gets to a point where you're listening to like Cannibal Corpse mm-hmm. I've never listened to one of their songs and I don't want to be yeah. hating on people who listen to that stuff because it's your own genre I yeah, guess absolutely. but I definitely can't see that I will admit I listen to Megadeth Metallica I listen, I listen to Pantera I listen to all yeah. of them. but I mean I will admit, like, I don't understand how you could listen to that stuff. Yeah, it,
1: it, it, it's hard. Um,
0: and, and the thing about,
1: like, bands like Megadeth and Metallica, they walk the line really well because they're heavy, and they play fast stuff, but you can still hum. It's still
0: melodic
1: in yeah.
0: a way. Yeah. Yeah. You can,
1: I could hum you apart, and you could be like, oh, I, I know that's Enter Sandman. With some of the things like you know, like you say, Cannibal Corpse and some of that, you can look at that and be like, okay, can you hum for me, what that guitar part is? Is it really melodic? And so that's that's tough. But I try, I try really hard, not to, as you said, not to hate on any genre of music. I think every genre has its it has, value. Yes. You know, and I'm I'm not a big fan of country, modern country, uh, now, and so it's tough for me to find those examples of modern country and be like okay this is really good because yeah, to me a lot of it seems too cheesy and seems too it all sounds the same. I'm 100% with you. But there is good modern country out there. You just gotta find it. Exactly, um, yeah. And and I'm the same way with any kind of pop music. There's some some of that trap stuff to me. It's like I, I tend to be a little bit of a hip hop purist so I, I'm like man Jay Z's probably like Throwing up every time he hears little whoever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: It's all little. Yeah, yeah. It's all. yeah. Uh,
1: so, to me, it, it's tough, but I try to find. I'm like, you know what? If there are millions of people who are listening this mu- to this music and loving it, there's got to be a reason. Yeah. You know, when these guys are getting millions of streams on their music, why? So there's. I try to find what the good is in that, and try to incorporate some of those things into my own music. Um, but it's tough like mm-hmm. social media the internet has made it music is so accessible now it makes it easier and harder at the same time yeah 100%. to get your music out there
0: you know yeah because it's all about the people listening to it. yeah it, it, there's
1: so much you know before it was like if, if, if Capitol Records released a new a new album by an artist that was all you were hearing it was everywhere because the only way for you to hear music was either to go to the record store or what was played on the radio and what was played on the radio was very limited. So the, the, the field wasn't as saturated now with SoundCloud and YouTube, yeah. and even people posting all their stuff on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. There are so many options. Yeah. So you can make great music, and it just is a drop in the bucket. Nobody ever even notices it because there's so it's much so music. So much, yeah. It's you know, before you searched guitar guitarist, and only a handful of people came out. The famous, you know, you'd search a guitarist, and Slash would be the first name yeah. on there because he's famous. Now you might search that and not even get down. You yeah. have to go multiple pages before you get to one of those guys because all these Instagram. Uh, dudes and, and people who are making guitars and, and design now there's so many pedal designers and amp designers like the whole world is saturated with guitar music which is a great thing it's, a, it's the best time in the world to be a guitar player but it's also that makes it so much harder because so many more people now are playing and to be the best you really 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 have to be oh. good <laughs> you know you can't just learn a pentatonic scale and be the best guitar player yeah. in your town anymore, um, and so it's hard to stay on top of it.
0: Oh, very hard. Yes, yeah. Well, that's pretty much everything I got to ask you today. Yeah, awesome. This was fun. Thanks for uh, thanks oh, yeah. for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Okay, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace. I'll be honest, I love Lecture Harmonics. Honestly, I was thinking about going with the Big Muff whenever I was going to uh, go ahead and go with a fuzz pedal. I, even, I, I looked at the Big Muff. It was a great pedal. But I wanted a compression pedal for the country and playing different types of music. So I went with a Lecture Harmonics, uh, you know, compression pedal. And I also got a MXR delay pedal. But it was a limited edition, so it's got the, it's it's like all black and it has a bunch of like weird graffiti kind of weird stuff on it. And it's it's my favorite out of everything just by the looks of it. And that was like the best pedal of, of then because because there's so much you do that had even had a chorus part on it. So you can make your, you can make your um, delays have like a chorus sound to it. And it, it was just a great pedal. And even the 10-corset, it was just a, it was a great compression pedal, especially it fit the, with the Albert Lee Perfect, and I could play beautiful country on it. And then there was, uh, there was, oh, after a little while, I got two other pedals. I got an MXR Super Badass uh, Distortion pedal, which is just the gray one. Uh, that one was their normal, you know, badass distortion pedal. And it was my favorite. Uh, they say the other ones weren't that good. And I'll be honest, they really weren't compared to that one. And it has the greatest, I swear, the greatest, um, distortion I've ever heard come out of a pedal. Even when I loop it, it just sounds beautiful going through there. And literally just two days ago, I bought a, uh, I bought a super badass overdrive which is the gold overdrive pedal by mxr to help drive that even more and it it that's the best setup i have right now honestly so i run the mxr both the super badasses and i get here's like here's the layout i go mxr mxr into the into the badass distortion bad distortion into the Badass Overdrive, and then that into the Boss Loop, and then that goes into my uh, what is that? The Blues Jr. And it, it, it the Blues Jr. Nice because it takes a nice because it takes the pedals really well, and it just because it's clean you can just straight up it just really helps. It you just get the pure sound of the pedals coming out of there. So uh, that's all for pedals. I don't really have anything too much else really. That's pretty much everything I have for all my music equipment, so to speak. Um, I can tell you guys, what well, sh- I mean, strings I run. I run a... Uh, I run uh On my acoustic, I run elixirs. I like to run uh, either nines or tens. I like nines more because it's more of like an electric guitar string on there. And you can do bends, like, really easy on there. So I like to run nines. And on my electrics, I also run nines. And I... Just broke my string on my Ernie ball literally yesterday, and I bought eights because I really want to try those because I see uh, people like Jared Dines and people like that using them. So, I'm going to run eights on my uh, Ernie ball, and this one time, if I don't like them, then I'm going to keep running nines. Usually, I run nines, but on my uh, Santana, I actually run elixirs on the Santana, but I'm going to run some Ernie Ball Slinkies on the Santana next time they break, mostly because they're $7 a pack, and Elixirs are $20 a pack. So if I'm going to like the feel on of the Elixirs on the Santana, but I'm going to try the Ernie Balls to try to cut back a lot more money because, honestly, one pack of Elixir strings gets me close to buying a whole box of Ernie Ball strings. Because you could buy them, well, maybe not. How much are a box of Ernie Ball strings? They they were on sale at Guitar Center one day at like for like 25 bucks. So it gets me really close, I'll be honest with you. And so I'm going to try to start running Ernie Balls and stuff on all my guitars. And I usually run the nines, the pink. And then uh, I'm going to try the blue on this one just to see what it's like. And that's pretty much really it, guys. I don't really have too much to say. Oh, the 51, what do I run on the 51? I bought an Invader, a Seymour Duncan Invader to go on the uh, 51. And I also bought a Hot Rails, uh, Seymour Duncan Hot Rail for the, I bought those two for both of the 51. And first time ever soldering. So we had a hard time with it until the second one it was a lot easier because we actually were doing, we had better solder. We were using like plumber solder because we didn't have any other solder, which is just a thicker type of solder. It's the same thing, just thicker, but we did better once we had a little bit better solder. And the second one was a lot easier. We did the Invader first, and then we did the uh, hot rails. You know, I'll be honest, the Invader is such a high output to the point where like, it's insane. It sounds good clean, and when you get it too heavy, it depends. You can't get it too heavy, because if you get it too heavy, then you just... It does not sound good at all. So you want to try to keep it on the low part of the spectrum, on the gain. But it still runs pretty good. I like it. And that's pretty much it. I don't really have anything else that's, you know, too much. Oh, there is a one pedal I am missing. I'm making sure I'm going back over this. I'm sorry about this. I have a... Uh, Kirk Hammett Crybaby Wah. I forgot to tell you, because that was actually. That one was actually the first pedal I ever got. Now nah, I think about it. I just did forget it because I don't get to play it too much because I need to get another extension cord for it because I just ran out of the t- extension cords. So I gotta buy another one. I'm gonna put that one between. Because I've been using like an actual normal cord. So I'm gonna run like an extension cord between the boss and the badass overdrive. And then I need another one to go into the, the boss, into the wah pedal, so I can start using it more often. But I will admit, Crybaby is my number one wah pedal in the whole world. I would never go with any other, anything different, anything. That's what I am going to start running, is only Crybabies. Even miniature walls. I love the mini walls, too. The mini Crybaby walls are, excuse me, sick. I even thought about getting a tube screamer, but that I, I don't know yet, I got the overdrive already, so I'm probably pretty good for now, but that is pretty much everything I'm 100% sure about now, I, that's everything that I own, and, uh, guys, I got the email up, uh, it's gonna be in the description below, uh, go check out anything else, I mean, I have some other ones below, I have the, uh, I have the guitars, and then I have the amps. Go check them out if you guys are looking to buy, like, a guitar and an amp. Um, And that's pretty much it, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed. Have a good one. And don't forget to keep shredding.